This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone. It's Deanna Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the saint of the day. We're going to be talking about Saint Maximilian Kolbe, whose feast day is today, August 14th. And wondering why, you, you might be wondering why, we're going to talk about a saint who died almost 80 years ago in Auschwitz. What could this man possibly have to say to us today? Well, as always, the church has a lot of wisdom as to who they canonize, and they choose people whose messages are timeless. No matter when they lived, no matter when or how they died, their messages are timeless. And so I think Maximilian Kolbe's message for us, which points us so strongly to Mary and of course to Jesus, has a lot to say to us today. So let me give you a little historical background on the Saint Maximilian Kolbe. He was born in Poland. Uh, and he was born to a right into an ordinary farming family and he lived a pretty ordinary life as a child and at times he really exasperated his mother me if we any of us have children you probably can get that sense that sometimes we're exasperated with our children right and one day she said to him max what is going to become of you and he took this to heart and then he took it to prayer and he actually asked the Blessed Mother, Mary, what is going to become to me? And he asked her this in church, quietly in prayer, and he had a vision. And in this vision, she was offering him two crowns, one white, one red. So the white crown symbolized purity and the red crown symbolized martyrdom. And Maximilian looked at her and said, I choose both. Now, let me tell you a little more of this story and you'll see how ultimately he did choose both the crown of purity and the crown of martyrdom. So in 1910, he entered the seminary. So he was a Franciscan priest and a priest who joined an order as opposed to just a diocesan priest. Their formation is a little bit longer. And so he entered the seminary in 1910 in Poland. He studied for a time in Rome and he was ordained in 1918. Through this all, he had a huge devotion to our Blessed Mother. And so in 1917, just before he was ordained, he founded an organization called the Militia Immaculata, because Maximilian, like many young men, not only loved the Lord, but he loved the idea of being a soldier. And so he combined these two and decided that he would form an organization who really were going to be the soldiers of Mary on earth. And in their soldiering of being for Mary, they were going to do her good works and help spread the good news and the gospel of Jesus. Because again, 
all we want is for Mary to help us be leading us to Jesus. So Mary doesn't take the accolades or the glory for herself, but rather she takes what we give her and she leads us to her son. So Maximilian had a lot of fervor about this. And so he started this organization with a group of other seminarians. So he worked very, very hard. He was a good priest. He loved technology and he used the most current things available at his time. He formed a magazine. He used uh, shortwave radio. He had printing presses and he had a magazine called The Knights of the Immaculata, which reached at one point uh, a one million distribution every month, which is huge if you think about the time that we're talking about, especially. He also founded two monasteries, one which is the largest Franciscan monastery in Europe, which is, I cannot pronounce the Polish word, but it is near Warsaw in Poland. And then he also founded a monastery in Nagasaki in Japan, because he also did missionary work there. So he had a couple of interesting things that make him such a good role model. First of all, this whole idea of the the militia immaculata, he wanted not only himself, but he wanted all people to join and to become an instrument of Mary. Again, that idea of spreading the good news, but in a positive way way in helping see people the love of a mother and through the love of the mother of Jesus, the love of Jesus, and then of course, the love of God. And so he was very intense. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes to some pictures of him. And he's a very intense looking man. Um, He has wears glasses and super intense. But Still, you can see in there the the intelligence and the desire to help lead people to be closer to Christ. So he has some excellent, excellent quotes. Um, and I'm just going to speak to one of them right now. And this is what he said, because it fits in so well with the concept of living not lukewarm. He said, the most deadly poison of our times is indifference. And this happens, although the praise of God should know no limits. Let us strive, therefore, to praise him to the greatest extent of our powers. So you think about this, this indifference that he's talking about is toward God. Are we indifferent toward God? Have we forgotten who he is and what he has done for us? And he, then he says, the praise of God should know no limits. And so really, as we are here in our trials and our struggles, and I don't discount them for a minute, turn to God and praise him for what he has given us, what he has done for us, because he has done many, many things. And so once we turn our whining or our discontent, our unhappiness, if we turn that around to praising God, then we can't live an indifferent life because 
that joy that God gives us through praising him is going to be something that we want to pass on and share and give to others. So I think that's really important. You know, when he said this in the 1930s, and here we are in 2020, 90 years later, and I think we would all probably agree that indifference is a huge problem in our time today. And so as part of our idea of living not lukewarm, let's look at that. What is the poison of indifference that we are allowing to sort of weigh us down rather than praising God for what we have and helping us be lifted out of the indifference? So I thought that was really an interesting an interesting quote and definitely applicable to what we have going on today. Another thing that Maximilian Colby taught was a little bit of, let's say, a math equation. So capital W plus a small w equals capital S. What am I talking about? Well, the capital W stands for God's will. So when you have God's will, and the small w, which is our will. And we put those two things together when they are united, when they are added together, what we will get is sanctity. And sanctity is what we are all looking for because sanctity eventually leads to sainthood. And though we are here on earth and we probably don't consider ourselves very holy, maybe some days we don't even consider ourselves very nice, let alone a saint, Our goal really is to become a saint in heaven, whether we are named and on the calendar and canonized, or whether we are part of the huge communion of saints of all those who have died before us, we are still looking for sanctity, for sainthood. And so I thought that was a great little way to look at, you know, take God's will and our will, which is smaller, and if we, if we unite those, God's will and our will, then we are going to have sanctity. So how did St. Maximilian Kolbe become a saint? Well, as I've mentioned, uh, he lived and worked in Poland. And he lived and worked there when World War II broke out when the Nazis and the Gestapo were moving in full force and arresting many, many people. And St. Maximilian Kolbe was considered a threatening person for many reasons. One is he did house and help Jews in the monastery. So, of course, during Nazi Germany, that was not acceptable. Uh, The other thing is, is that he was a thinker. He had a doctorate in philosophy. He had a doctorate in theology. He was printing magazines. And so he was considered a threat because his agenda, if you would call it an agenda, right? His agenda was preaching the gospel and the love of our brothers and sisters. Again, not in line with the agenda at that time uh, during World War II in Poland with those who were in power. And so he was arrested and he was sent to Auschwitz. Auschwitz is a concentration camp, and I'm sure many of you are quite familiar with it. So he was in the concentration camp and treated just as badly and horribly as everyone else. And at one point, they have many rules, of course, in a concentration camp. And one was that if if a prisoner escaped, 
they chose 10 other prisoners to die for that one. So they did this as punishment and as a deterrent for others to not try to escape. And as this was taking place in the courtyard of his barrack, which was uh, number 11 in Auschwitz, one man was chosen, his name was called, and he called out and he said, no, please do not take me. I am a father, I am a husband, I have children. And Maximilian Kolbe stepped forward and said, I will take his place. And the guard simply said, who are you? And noted his number, which was number 16670. And he said, what kind of a man are you? And Maximilian Kolbe simply answered, a priest. So they noted his number. They let him switch places with the man. And they proceeded to put all of these 10 men into a very small, dark, closed space. And they were to starve to death. After three weeks, all but four had already starved to death. Three weeks of no food and no water. And through that time, Maximilian Kobe kept up the men's spirits. He prayed with them. They sang songs and really tried to keep them in some sort of a positive mode, though they were literally dying and knew that that was the only reason why they were in this place. So at that point, the guards were tired of waiting for the other four to die. And so they um, injected the last four who were alive with a hypodermic needle full of carbolic acid. And so they died. And he is noted that he died on August 14th in 1941. He was 47 years old. And so he was martyred. Uh, Of course, there are no remains of his body. He was cremated, burned really, as all the people were in Auschwitz who who died, who were killed. He was beatified in uh, 1971 by Pope Paul VI. And then in 1982, John Paul II uh, canonized him. And when John Paul II canonized him, he declared him the patron saint of our difficult century. And so that was the previous century. Um, But I still think we could call on him uh, and ask for his intercession during this difficult century and in this difficult time. I think what I take away from Maximilian Kolbe was his absolute undying sacrifice and love for his fellow man. It is said that while he was in the camps, he they would try to hoard small pieces of bread. And when he had enough, he would celebrate mass for the prisoners at great, of course, personal risk to himself and those who were participating but he still was able to do that because of the love that he had to take care of his fellow man. Another interesting fact is that the man whose place he took did live, though sadly his children did not. And when he was canonized, he was present at his canonization in 1982, which just is a unbelievably amazing thing to have experienced in your life, that this man who took your place became a saint because of the good he did for you. I can't imagine what that must feel like. 
So that's how he arrived at having the two crowns of purity and martyrdom. Purity because he was a priest, and really all of his life was geared toward having the purity of intention of serving God through the love of Jesus's mother, Mary. And then, of course, the crown of martyrdom because he did die a martyr. So that is my story, my little bit of information about Maximilian Kobe. I will drop some links. If you are interested in learning more, I would highly recommend it. He has a great story, not only while he was in the concentration camp, but all of what he did before then. So I hope you uh, glean something from that and can really ask for his intercession when you were going through difficult times. He is also considered the patron saint of drug addicts, patron saint of prisoners, and again, the patron saint of our difficult times in the words of John Paul II. For our Not Lukewarm Challenge this week, I'm going to keep it really simple. Uh, I'm going to ask that whenever you are feeling upset, when you are feeling unsure of what to do next, to say a Hail Mary. Pray a Hail Mary, and I will drop the words in there in case you are not familiar with the Hail Mary. But just that, I think that just keeps in tune with how much love Maximilian Kolbe had for our Blessed Mother. And it is a good way to remember to turn to her, who will, of course, ask for her son's help in solving whatever problems it is you are having. And I hope that your problems are few, that your joys are many, that you have a wonderful week. God bless you, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.